Welcome in to another edition of the Tap in the Keg podcast, episode 440. Mitch, on the other side of the Zoom, Charlie here with you. Hope everybody is doing well. We have a great show today. We're going to talk about the Packers and being defensive first for the first time, maybe in our lifetime, and how can fans get used to that? How A guide, shall we say, to cheering for a defensive first football team. Then we will talk about Brooke Lopez back conspiracies. Mitch and I both have our own. Um, I will be curious to know if they're they're the same. We'll see. And then we'll talk about the Mets uh, tampering with the Brewers and why I just don't like it. And I am now mortal enemies with the New York Mets. But before <laughs> we do that, Mitch, what's going on, bud? Not a whole lot. Uh, 440. It's a nice round number. I like the round numbers. Always uh, do. It's like another climbing another ladder on the rung to podcast heaven. You bet. So exactly. Uh, 440 and we ain't done shit. You know, that's kind of the that's the <laughs> motto, right? Fake it till you make it. Yeah, man. Well, I um I got a lot of feedback in group chats about yesterday's pod and I need to clean it up. I know you don't listen all the time to my daily taps and you you hear me enough just in normal life and then we sit us sitting down from 50 minutes to about an hour. And I made a comment that you're not a sports fan. If you get drunk at us at, at sporting events, and it was misconstrued by some group chats. And I, I think what I was trying to say was that uh, basically if you get like lits, like blind drunk, like it's like, you're more there. That's like you at Joe cats on a Saturday night. Like that's not, that's that's different like it was misconstrued i was led astray um but no i i uh i had to clean it up for uh, so you so you had you had some experiences then at lambeau field that were eye-opening no i not really not that bad i mean i had one guy who was just screaming go pack go outside of the outside of the room but no i mean i don't know i don't have a problem with people being drunk and being rowdy it's more just like the no, I I bitched about it on Monday's show or Tuesday actually because I didn't take Monday about just the guy who just could not stop talking and was just like wanting to be everybody's friend and it was obnoxious. I would rather have a drunk who's like having fun than a a guy like that. Like I've yeah. told the story before on like a Chuck Scorner segment about a drunk Vikings fan who was like thrilled the Vikings were gonna win in Lambeau Field when I was like 12 and I didn't really understand what being drunk was, you know, and that, and then they lose and the, you know, naturally Favre comes back and this guy like hand in his head, like same old fucking Vikings, like yada, yada. And then he leaves early, of course, you know? And so, but that like, that's fine. Right. Like, and so it's more about like just the hammered drunk. Like I've, well, I've definitely been drunk at a baseball game or a foot. And it's like, there are levels to it. Like getting drunk at a basketball, a meaning, not meaningless, but just a low, le- like a low, low important basketball or football or uh, not football, basketball or baseball game really doesn't matter. It, it's just more also too like football. Like it's not cheap to go to games and usually you're with somebody's tickets. If it's your tickets, by all means, do whatever the fuck you want. But like, I don't know. I get, I get my tickets from a good friend who 
you know, I don't, I don't want to lose that privilege. You know what I mean? So that's part yeah. of it too. Yeah. If you're, if you're above the age of, I'll say 25, you know, I'll give you a little, I mean, like if you're getting kicked out, if you go to uh fucking Kansas university and you're getting kicked out of a, a football game there because your team sucks and whatever, <laughs> like that's fine. You know, hell, if you go to Alabama and you're getting kicked out of a, a football game because you're, 21 years old and I've been drinking all day and you're an idiot. I mean, that's fine. But if you're, if you're like in your thirties and you're getting kicked out of Lambeau field, the hallowed ground of Lambeau field, where it should be an honor to go to a game or so I'm told there's still people who get kicked out left and right. And it's like, oh yeah, you know, I, you know, I have a friend, a former roommate. I'm not going to name him for, for, <laughs> uh, for purposes of obvious purposes, I guess. I mean, he's been kicked out of Lambeau field and it's like, are you fucking serious? But you know, to each their own. So right. yeah, I get, I guess I get what you're saying. I mean, it's, it's like, you know, it just goes back to, I mean, that that's an issue at Brewer games. It just goes back to people are there for, for, for the party, the atmosphere, the, you know, and they're not, they don't, they don't really care what happens on the field. I mean, right. I think it's probably especially obnoxious at Packer games because everyone thinks they're just going to win every game. And it's like, they're just even more rowdy. So, um, right. But, and I know. think, I think you get more, it also depends on the opponent, right? Like if it's a rival game, like Seahawks Packers, all a rivalry, I don't think it's at the level of like Bears Packers or, or Packers Vikings or anything like that. Like you, you will get an increase like energy, right? Like of, of sure. sort of that, those drunk muscles will come out and like, you have a Packer Bears and a Packer Vikings game, both in prime time um, in the cold in the coming like weeks. Like that's going to be, those are going to be shit show games because everybody's just going to be drinking all fucking day. And it's just, you know, it's every man for himself at that point. Right. And, you know, and I, and to, to people that are going to those games, bless your goddamn heart. Cause I, while I can handle the cold, like night, December night games are a different kind of beast. I've done it. That Vikings game I referred to was a night Packer game in December. I remember jamming to Felice Navidad like 2 a.m. heading home the pops. But like those, <laughs> those are those are something else. You you're more man than I am because I it would probably take a lot for me to be like, all right, yeah, let's let's go up to uh, Lambeau in the middle of December. Yeah. It's- it's uh, I've stated my my piece on that. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. But speaking of the Green Bay Packers, uh, they are rocking right now. They've been playing well. They're kind of the number one team on the power ranking du jour this week. Um, everybody is fired up about this team, not only locally but nationally. I think the Rogers COVID stuff will be a punchline but I don't think it's going to be the main story. And I think part of the reason that's helping Aaron Rodgers out is he has this awesome defense. And I think people kind of don't know how to act. It's almost like getting a job that you're unqualified for or hooking up with a girl or guy that's way out of your league. And you're like, what the fuck am I doing here? And I think that's what a lot of Packer fans are going through right now, watching this defense. And knowing that they had 32 pressures per pro football focus last week against 
the Seattle Seahawks is absolutely crazy, but not surprising. Like when I was at the game, like it felt like they were in the backfield the entire game with their pass rush. Now you lose Whitney Merciless. That sucks. But I'm sure they're going to look for other free agents that are available and plug and play. Maybe there won't be a guy as good as Merciless out there, but you never know. And it's unfortunate he gets hurt again a week late with the deadline and everything like that. You know, Melvin Ingram did get traded. Von Miller was traded. Granted, too much money. Um, and if you saw Von Miller get babied by George Kittle, um, just food for thought. And that same thing happened with Tunyon, where he goes down the week after Zach Ertz gets traded to Arizona. It's just shitty luck. Mm-hmm. And so we'll see. We'll see what happens in terms of their pass rush. I don't think Merciless being out is going to completely like demolish this pass rush. It's just one last guy. I think Jonathan Garvin has shown some stuff. I think TJ Shelton or Slayton, I screw that up every time. I want to call him TJ Shelton. It's TJ Slayton. He's a man. And yeah, I, I don't know, Mitch, where, how, how would you advise a Packer fan to watch games now with a defensive first mindset? I mean, think back to 2019, I guess, is the best, the best thing I can, I can give for you, where the Packers offense, it was the first year under Matt LaFleur, they were winning games, but, you know, you didn't really have MVP level Aaron Rodgers like you had in 2020. So 2020 was, you know, more what we're used to, but I think 2019 is closer to what you have this year, where, you know, Rodgers has been good enough. Um, clearly, you know, he missed, he missed a game because of COVID and, Offensively, they they took a step back. Um, I don't think there's any doubt against a terrible Kansas City team to only score seven points. Kansas City defense, I should say, um, to only score seven points isn't good. But then you get Rodgers back, you score, you know, 17 points. But it was two late rushing touchdowns from AJ Dillon, who is now the uh, creme de la creme in running backs. He's going to be a huge fantasy, you know, um, pickup. You know, I would imagine he's going to be rostered and you know significantly and and started probably pretty significantly in fantasy football because as it gets colder you know he's going to be especially with Aaron Jones out for probably a game or two I mean maybe more um you know we, we've learned in sports throughout our the last few years that health is the biggest thing the Packers have a nice division lead um unfortunately the, Vi- the Vikings won last weekend but um yeah it's going to be as it gets colder this is what you want I think as a, a Northern team, um, you want a stout running game, a stout defense. And, you know, I don't know. It, it is a little bit unfamiliar for Packer fans, but like I said, just, just pretty much go back two years. It wasn't, I feel like it wasn't that long ago that we had maybe the same conversation. Yeah. But um, that defense wasn't as no. like that defense was a little this bit smoke and mirrors. Pretty loaded. It's pretty loaded. I mean, I think um, I it's kind of crazy thing, how they've how they've been able to overcome like Jair. Like I guess you kind of forget that Jair is hurt. Like it's well, kind of weird. I mean, a lot well, of these guys. It's just, I mean, if we're in the trust tree, Mitch, I love Jair Alexander, but doesn't this kind of make you wonder: Is Jair worth an extension? If you're worried about money, well, isn't it kind of? I, mean, yeah, I think he. I think he is, but yeah. I, I look. I think he's a great player. I'm not I'm just just suggesting it. Just. We, I mean, we had this talk with about Bakhtiari last year, where it's like, wow, right? He's oh yeah, this games. Right. He's he's missed some games. I don't, this is pre torn ACL, 
Right. And I think it was like, well, I, I, I'm sure he missed a game or two. And we were thinking, well, you can just slide out and Jenkins over and it's kind of next man up. And they're not really missing a beat offensively without Bakhtiari. And you're right. I mean, it, it begs the question, but I think you still want to, I think everybody would be happy if they got it done. Let's put it that way. Right. And, you know, but it, it's a fair question for a team that's got some salary cap questions. Um, you know, they can't really keep kicking the can down the road, as they say. Yeah. A lot of these guys, they've restructured so many guys. There's no one, there's no one left to restructure. Yeah. Um, so, so, so let me ask you this too. Another question for you. If Kansas city next week, they play the Cowboys big game. Everyone will come themselves about that game, but it's, mm-hmm. it's an awesome one. We look forward to it. If the chiefs, let's say play pretty good defense, it's a little bit shootouty at times, but let's say a chiefs win and they hold the Cowboys to under 24 points. Do we start looking at that Packers struggled offensively without Rogers against that chiefs defense? Or did we just not realize the chiefs had turned the corner defensively? Oh, I mean, that's because that that's I a mean, good question. Cause that would be right. That would be Packers grant without Rogers, but be Packers Raiders who are have a decent offense now without rugs, I think they're just as kind of a shell of themselves offensively. And the Cowboys, all of a sudden, you'd be like, oh, whoa, hold on, wait a second. Are we seeing something here change? And then we'd have to think about it differently. But, you know, it it's – I think we all would assume that if Aaron Rodgers played that game, the Packers are 8-1 and one, and they're – easily they're ahead by a game and ahead by two games against the Rams who they play in two weeks, you know, uh, and they're like smooth sailing and there's no one really, they're looking down on everybody and they still are, but the room for error is, is very small. And it's, you know, it's going to be a dogfight down to the, the wire. And I think that's a lot of people's points who were pointing a finger at Aaron Rodgers, but, this defense, the what what they did against those three quarterbacks, Mahomes, Wilson, and Murray, is just absurd. And now yeah. you think about it, and you're like, okay, it's Kirk Cousins' time. Now, Kirk Cousins does tend to play noon games a little bit better. Kirk, though, it can be a turnover machine when provoked. And who knows, man? It could be. He's been, he's been good this year. He only no, yes. I mean, the analytics love Kirk Cousins this year. He's like one of the analytic darlings this season. Yeah. Like Dave. Oh, God. I want to think, you know, we're talking about defenses and and including the Packers. And it's kind of like, what quarterback's playing good right now? Like, as we tape this podcast, not nobody. I mean, Kirk Cousins, it might be one of the better ones. I mean, that is a, that is a fair challenge to like, are we sure? Like, okay. Mahomes, who knows? Murray was, had a multitude of injuries. Wilson's just coming back from an injury. No one's going out and grabbing the MVP at this point. I don't think there's anyone that you could say like, yeah, that guy is the MVP. And yeah, Kirk Cousins, you're right, has played a pretty steady season. And probably deserves You go down the list and like Stafford's got great numbers. He had, but he's been, he was awful on, on Monday night. Right. And um, you know, Brady's had a couple stinkers in a row in, with a bye week in between. Um, so the, the MVP kind of the gifted MVP for him is he doesn't seem to want to take it right now. 
Uh, Derek Carr has come back down to earth a little bit. Josh Allen had an awful game in, in Jacksonville. Bounced back a little bit last week. Herbert's been kind of shaky. Um, Joe Burrow is on a bye, but I feel like, you know, they got their ass kicked by Cleveland before the bye. Right. It's probably like Kirk Cousins. Like, Mac I mean, Tannehill's been okay, but yeah, Mac Jones. I guess. I mean, he was, but he only had 198 yards. Right. I know he had no, Mac Jones, Mac Jones is game managing. Mac Jones is not yeah. necessarily like he's managing the game well. Let's just put it that way. Like, he's not fucking up as a rookie quarterback. Jalen Hurts, I think, has kind of been unlocked recently. The Eagles have kind of found something a little bit there. But, I mean, you're right. It's it's a fair point that not a lot of quarterbacks are lighting it up right now. I do think if the Cowboys go into Kansas City and beat and beat the Chiefs, there will be a lot of Dak Prescott well, MVP. You're going you're gonna to find out in that game what team figured things out this past week because both teams are coming off. Yeah. yeah, that's a really so. good point. And and for the Packers, I think you look at it as they're I think the fact they haven't played a division game in what four weeks, five weeks, last one was the yeah. Bears. I think mm-hmm. that actually works to their advantage because I don't think they'll look ahead to the Rams game. I think if they were playing like let's say this was the week they were playing the Washington football team and you had the Rams the following week, I would be terrified that you were going to look ahead, that you were just going to ignore this game and stumble a little bit and then not necessarily play to your potential. But when you have a divisional opponent, a team that you like to beat, now that stadium, it's tough to win in, but the Vikings have not been the same team at that stadium as they've used to be. This is This sets up nicely for the Green Bay Packers. And I know the Vikings are like the king of close losses this season. And if it broke their way, they could be, you know, right in the hunt. And this could mm-hmm. be a massive matchup. But ifs and buts are candy and nuts, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's a famous saying about if my aunt had something, she'd be my uncle. But, you know, we don't mm-hmm. need to go down that road. <laughs> like, yeah. it's, it's like, the fact is, is like, there's just, it, it's all unpredictable. And I, I look at the Vikings and they just do not scare me as much as they have in the past. Their defense is not the defense that I think we've seen in years past. The, you know, Ravens were able yeah. to gash them. The, you know, the Chargers, I think their problems is they're not letting Justin Herbert sort of be Justin Herbert. They're kind of limiting them. And that's a yeah. lot of conversation in NFL circles. So I don't take a ton of stock. And that probably was what, 75% Vikings fans in there. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I just I look at the Vikings and I'm not I'm not convinced that this is the, a team that can beat the Packers, even though they desperately need this win. Well, I think they're in Minnesota probably having the opposite conversation we are about like are they are they willing to accept that, you know, Kirk Cousins <laughs> might be, you know. Locked in, I guess, you know, for once, and he's taking care of the ball. And are we just not used to this? Like our defense isn't that great. And, you know, whereas typically they, they have a they have a top half of the league defense, you know, no problem a lot of times, but um they have a lot of weapons on offense. Uh I I think the Packers defense will be tested in this game. Just with the two receivers and Dalvin Cook. it's just I don't know. I mean, Seattle had Russell Wilson with 
who probably came back a week early. Uh, no running back. Two receivers who were just completely shut down. I mean, Eric Stokes was great. Uh, he had some some real nice coverage on some deep balls and stuff. I happen to notice Kevin King doesn't suck anymore, which is a revelation. And you know uh, what? Yeah, real quick on Kevin King, and then I have an Eric. I'll, I'm pulling up an Eric Stokes thing. Uh, okay. I think with Kevin King, they he's just not playing as much. So he's. I think there is a sort of a just he's doing less, uh, so it's helping him out little bit there you go so less of a chance to screw things up not not even that it's just you know there are certain guys who if given less of an opportunity they're actually more efficient and they they just do better yeah yeah so i mean i don't know there was one one play i think russell wilson was going deep to tyler lockett Mm -hmm. and eric stokes was like right there and it was like wow that was like you know it's one of those where like you can't put it in the box score really but like that was just, you know, I feel like a lot of guys don't don't stay with Tyler Lockett. I, he's oh, probably dude. not. Yeah, I, that's a um, that was an amazing play to watch, like at live at Lambeau, because you look at it and Lockett had a good step on him, and it was like fuck. We all were like in the stands, like fuck. That's a touchdown, and all of a sudden Eric Stokes caught up, and it was, he had an incredible closing speed. Well, and he's, so, he's probably 10, 10 years younger so than, yeah. than Tyler Lockett, so that probably well, helps. That's what I was going to say. Was Lockett probably has lost a step over the years, but um, still, that was just impressive coverage to see from a rookie. Well, here's here's this from uh, Dare. I think it's Dare. I apologize if I mispronounce. It's an Irish name, Carragher, who writes for uh, 247 in the Packer Report, a bunch of places. Um, outside cornerbacks – to register a sub 80 passer rating in coverage in their rookie year, 2015, Marcus Peters, 2016, Jalen Ramsey, 2017, Marshawn Lattimore and Marlon Humphrey and Tredavious white, 2021, Eric Stokes. Yeah. Makes you think. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's quite a list, right? Those are, those are dudes, man. And you know, Courtney, uh, what's her name? Courtney Cronin, excuse Cronin? me. Cronin, Cronin yeah. yeah, I was I was struggling last name. I I wanted to say Cochran, I knew it wasn't. Um, but Courtney Cronin wrote an article about the Vikings' newfound aggressiveness focuses on Justin Jefferson playmakers leads the way. So this was the recap from the Chargers game, and Mike Zimmer talking with Kirk Cousins told Cousins he didn't want him to check the ball down more. I'm telling you right now. That seems like a recipe for disaster against a team that's like third or second in takeaways in the NFL and a guy who likes to throw interceptions from time to time. I understand those receivers are, are going to test the Packers, but it seems like it's just, you're just asking for Kirk Cousins to throw a pick. And also, I don't know if it's going to be there. I mean, Russell Wilson checked down a lot. Like Gerald, Jared Everett, Gerald Everett had, what, like six catches? And he was just these out check down routes that Russell Wilson was taking because I don't think he had a lot downfield. So good luck. I, I hope Kurt kind of forces some in and we'll see. But yeah, yeah it's he a, will. It's going to be a kitchen sink game for the Vikings. It was for them against the Chargers. The Vikings are lumped in with the San Francisco 49ers, the Carolina Panthers, the Atlanta Falcons, 
I mean, there are a lot of teams in that mix. Like right now, even three and six teams like the Bears and the New York Giants are technically not out of it per se. Uh, right. But it's it, it's kind of shit or get off the pot really quickly here. And if the Vikings were to fall to four and six, not the end of the world, but five and five would really sort of sort of get the, them in the right direction, especially that they play the San Francisco 49ers the following week. And the Niners have the Jaguars. I'd assume 49ers get that done. They're also five and five. That'll be quite the uh quite the showdown there in in uh in the former Big Sombrero. They don't play in the Big Sombrero anymore. Tampa? No, you're right. Not well, what do they used to call Shit, I fucked that up. What do they used to call San Francisco? They used to call it something. It was not Candle, candlestick. It was candlestick, but it, we called it the big something. I thought maybe not. You're right. I'm not. I'm not Tampa, sure. Tampa used to be the big sombrero. I screwed that up. That's that. That doesn't happen often, Mitch. You don't <laughs> get like, a screw. You don't like, get a screw. When did, when did Tampa come into this conversation? I must yeah. have missed that. But no. Uh, yeah, I, but we'll see. Um, do you have a prediction for uh, for Sunday's game? I know it's early in the week, earlier than we usually tape. Do you have a uh, an early lean, an early thought about how this one might play out? It's in U.S. Bank. I mean, uh, I don't know. Trusting the Vikings is like, it's tough, you know. Um, and Rodgers has been better there the last couple of years. Last year they won their week one with no fans. Um, just trusting the Vikings, man. That's tough. Golly, I'm trying to see a spread here so I can get an idea what they're what they're thinking. Because the Packers have, have covered the spread all but one game. Right. So uh, I'll probably take the Packers, I guess, but it'll probably be pretty close. Um, give me, give me. 28-23 over the Vikings? Um, I will say defense first, 21-16 to 16 Packers. Um, wow. Big pick six at some point to uh, kind of shake the tides of it. I think we're going to get a big Kirk Cousins interception at some point that shakes this baby up. Do you, uh, before we move on, do you, you didn't obviously watch the game on the, on the TV because yes. um, you were there, but they, I'm sure you've heard and maybe seen some stuff on Twitter about how sort of CBS <laughs> conveyed the message of Aaron Jones's injury. Like it was, they were convinced he was out for the year. Like I, I, mean, I did, I did there's see a, something there's like the sideline he, reporter. Is, is that Tracy Wolfson? She's a yeah. sideline reporter for CBS. She she was, you know, she had people up, you know, freaking out because she said that he went over and talked to family members with tears in his eyes. <laughs> and it was like, uh, he probably had tears in his eyes because he's fucking cold. <laughs> I, mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, I mean, it was kind of the first cold game of the year. Um, and, you know, I feel like everybody was pretty cold. That's how you get to, you know. 17 nothing game is basically it, it was like three right. nothing and you weren't even worried yeah i mean it wasn't that cold outside but it was i mean it was right at freezing 
It wasn't. It was all right. It was. It was yeah, nice windy. and comfortable. That's good. Wind, pack windy is windy as shit and miserable. But. I, dude, it was not bad. I'm telling you, man. The Rogers talked about the wind on McAfee today about how adding the additional level has actually made it less windy in Lambeau Field, which is interesting. I didn't really think about that, but yeah, probably. I believe keep, I'd buy that. Keep building. I mean, I hear with this new stock sale, they're going to put a roof on the place. That's that's the rumor. I'm just kidding. That'd be um, fucking great. By the way, the the stock stuff was way i mean the media man just like were we this bored today about like the the stock stuff it's like oh we saw real stock it's like you know what would you rather have some fucking billionaire owner come in and call all the shots they're trying to fund all this different shit and yeah our friend eric was like well i wouldn't buy stock unless i know aaron Rodgers is coming back that'd be awesome and, and you know what? I probably should have done that as a podcast segment. Should people hold out and say we're not buying until Aaron Rodgers has come back? But look, well, that could be that could be why they did it now. So I maybe, never thought about that. But I mean, yeah, because, I, look, so it's not they did it. This is the what sixth time in franchise history they've done it. They did it like once in like the 30s, once in like the 50s, once in like or then I think it was 97 after they won the Super Bowl and 2011 after they won the Super Bowl. And now they're squeezing one in here about before Rodgers potentially leaves. That's, a, that's they, interesting. I mean, that's not a bad little conspiracy theory that they're doing this. Would they, if they did it, let's say that, let's say, God forbid, they trade Aaron Rodgers, which is, which is, I guess, a a legit possibility. I mean, the drum up interest in that. Yeah. It's the Packers, so so there's people, there's enough people out there that will, you know, hand over money, but yeah. It was, uh, I suppose, a savvy business move. Yeah, no, it's it, it's ab- absolutely it is. Um, it is one of those things that they're looking at it and saying, all right, we have a real opportunity here to sort of make an impact. And I think now what what can they use it on, though? The 90 million. They can I mean, use is it, it. Is it just stadium renovations and like? They, all... I, I I think they can use it. They I forget. They can use it on a variety of things. They can use it on stadium. They I don't think they can use it on title town. Right. Um. I think, I think they so can, either. I think they can use it on renovations. I think they can yeah. use it on different things that you know might enhance the the fan experience. You know I I may I'd have to read it. Ninety million probably wouldn't go that far. No, and it's not that much money. Right. Um, I, I don't think that's even enough to put a roof on Lambeau Field if they no. want to. No, no, no. But it's a good I love that. I love that thought. <laughs> well, I mean, three out of the four teams in the NFC North will be in the dome at some point, Mitch. So might as well oh, yeah. just we're gonna be the lone lone wolves once uh, Chicago gets their new stadium because they're as much as that pains me, there is not a chance in hell. Chicago will not have a roof because guess what you get with a roof? You get a Super Bowl, you get a college football national championship, you get a, a final four. four. Yeah. Got to do it, man. It's, yep. it's just fiscally makes too much sense. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You know, whereas Green Green Bay can't do any of that because it's just not a big enough area. I mean, it's, no, it, it no, would no. Be, you couldn't do any of that type of stuff. Well, and that's, and it's, and, it's fine. And that's, that's, that's okay, too. Like, that's okay. Yeah, it's totally that, fine. That's the whole thing. Like, and I'm I'm not gonna rabbit hole us here because we should move on to Brooke Lopez, but 
you know, that's the whole like Mark Murphy's wet dream of getting, you know, a the NFL draft. Like that's where he's a putz. I mean, there's a lot of things that Mark Murphy does that are just kind of ass backwards. And he really does not necessarily think about the, the larger picture. And I think one of them is the NFL draft, because first of all, April is a unpredictable month for the state of Wisconsin. You never know. You can get beautiful 70 degrees or you can get snow. All right. There's, there's no way to predict the weather. Number one, number two, if Murphy had half a brain, he'd work with Milwaukee on figuring out a way to kind of split it, but he wants it all for himself. It's like his precious thing. He wants to see it through and it's, he just has to, he has to be sort of more innovative about it and he just refuses to. So it is what it is, man. But Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, that type of stuff, he, he isn't realistic about, and we'll see the other thing too, you know, maybe he's looking at it as like, where, where is, where will the next, how do you keep Lambo sort of, you know, pushing in the right direction as to stay being Lambo field? Because I don't think there'll be ever a time where you're talking about a new stadium for the Packers, but at some point, who knows? I don't know. But when will it, when will it start to start to break down? I, I will say this as someone who's went to both Lambeau and Camp Randall in the last month, Lambeau is in such better condition than Camp Randall. I think Camp Randall's older, but it's such a better in and out, knowing where you're going. Um, you know, it's a complete ball. It's just, it's just a better fan experience, in my opinion, than Camp Randall. Yeah, I believe it. So let's move on to the Milwaukee oh, Bucks. Let's move on to Milwaukee Bucks. Milwaukee Bucks are six and eight. Uh, no one's panicking. I think no one's pulling the alarm. I think reading the GQ article, which I've only seen excerpts and I've read maybe a few paragraphs and have the whole thing about Giannis basically uh, like puking after games and before games. And basically it seemed like Giannis gave his entire heart to win the finals. I think we all should probably be, "Ah, maybe let's just wait till Christmas to see what's going on. But Brooke Lopez is dealing with a back injury that nobody knows about. I joked last week, Mitch loves to call Wisconsin athletics as well as the Green Bay Packers Red China. Nothing gets out of there. But I said to Mitch, I was like, look, Bucks are starting to look that way too. Like no one knows what's, go- what's going on with Brooke Lopez. He played one game and then that's it. Mm-hmm. You and I both have conspiracy theories on why Brooke Lopez, why we don't know more. And I ask for you to present to the audience your conspiracy theory, and then I'll present mine. I guess my conspiracy theory is that they must have, in like training camp this year, they must have had like a lottery or a competition of some kind. I know that, I know that they do, um, you know, a lot of like shooting competitions at the end of practices and stuff. And maybe, maybe Brooke won one and it was like, all right, Brooke, you get a month off to start the season or cause we're, we're, we're rapidly approaching the one month mark since he last played a game with a sore back. Um, you know, the, so I, I don't know if he either drew, they drew straws or something like the starting five from 
you know, the guys that were, you know, or maybe just like some of the rotation, probably the starting five. They, they drew straws or Brooke won some sort of competition in practice that, and they're like, all right, you get a, you get a month off or, you know, as much time as, as you, you want to, to get fresh and coming off the, 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 the later championship run, you know, we're going to make up for that month off season. Like we want you for the Brooklyn game, but then you get a month off after that. I guess, I don't know if that's a conspiracy, but, um, you know, I, I really hate to make light of it if it's something is serious, but Jesus Christ, it's been a month with a sore back. I mean, that's, it's starting to get to the point where, you know, they got to start answering some questions. Yeah. I think that we are kind of owed an answer at some point. I think that, you know, fans at least deserve to kind of know at least what's going on. And if it's, if it is serious, like, yeah, let us know, like, let us know that this is a major issue. That's a good conspiracy theory. I didn't think about that, but now that you're saying the month, like all of a sudden it's, you know, the injury report for the Orlando game over the weekend playing brother Robin as well. Oh, Brooke Lopez questionable. Oh, Brooke Lopez is going to play that Monday game. He's ready to go. Um, and maybe that's it. Maybe Brooke just got some time off and he was one of the guys that actually said it or to kind of keep your conspiracy theory going is that Bud kind of said to the guys like, look, I'm worried about your health. I do really think that some of you could use more time off. And Brooke as someone who played, I think every game last season or missed like three overall. And if you compare that to Middleton and Holiday and Giannis, it kind of pales in comparison. And they were like, Brooke, we need you fresh, and we're worried that you're going to break down if we go on a long run again. So, yeah, I I don't hate that one. My conspiracy theory is a little different than yours. It's that he's actually very hurt. And they're waiting until closer to December 15th to let everybody know that. Because December 15th is when you can trade everybody. Everybody becomes available via trade and all the contracts reset. And if the Bucks kind of want to wait a little bit to A, field trade offers, but B, sort of keep it on the down low that they don't, they might need an, an asset and that the Bucks would then look vulnerable. I think the Bucks want to keep themselves away from looking vulnerable as long as they can. So that's my conspiracy that they're waiting until closer to that December 15th deadline when everybody becomes available via trade. Who are, who are, so you're saying that they would be looking to trade somebody and they want, they want to keep them uh, no. like looking to trade Brooke Lopez. I'm kind of no, confused. No, no. Maybe this is dumb. Maybe my conspiracy theory is dumb. Yours might be better. Um, I might just be idiotic. I think I was like thinking that keeping it quiet would basically, you know, keep the Bucks still looking like, well, they still have Brooke Lopez. They can come back, maybe puts the Bucks in trade talks, things like that. And could drive another team could look at that and say, well, we want more assets because Brooks out and we need more assets because he's out. We know he's out. We know he's really hurt. And we need to have more assets if we're going to do this deal with you. 
sort of the Bucks are in a vulnerable spot in terms of well, why would the why would the Bucks do that to themselves? Like, I don't know. Why would they? Why would they? <laughs> like, I mean, it's obvious that that they need another another big guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they need like another center, like yeah. another true center. Um, and I guess the obvious trade chip is Divincenzo. Yep. But. I feel like his value is too high for like a backup big. Right. Like I, I would have to look at all the rosters and try to find who would make sense. But like, if you're going to get a backup big, I think you just wait to the buyout market. I mean, Probably. and I don't know who that is, but that's right. sort of, yeah. that seems to make sense. Now I think if, but yeah, if you're going to trade someone and improve the team, it's Steve Vincenzo, but you know, he's, he's an expiring more or less. And, um, you know, teams would have his bird rights or whatever, but they'd have his, you know, they'd have his rights so they could match any, any offer. And that's, that's, uh, seems like a, you know, a Sacramento type, type deal where you're going to send them a, a guy who's going to go get a four for $80 million contract in the off season. And then they got, they're going to let him walk anyway or whatever, or be stuck with them. But, um, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe Brooke didn't win a lottery or a competition or, or anything like that, but I, it's just, um, they must've, you're probably right that they're like, we need him fresh and he's a big guy. He's 33 years old and, um, he's so big guys break down probably quicker and he's getting up there. He's got, I think what, 13 years in the league, something like that. So they're probably just being overly cautious. I have to hope. I hope it's not like a slip disc or anything like that, because that's that's big trouble. And you know, I don't know. It's also been weird because they run a long road trip, so I feel like you get less media availability on the road trip. They can kind of hide hide some issues a little bit better, um, especially when you're not the Brooklyn Nets or Los Angeles Lakers and stuff like that. You go on a road trip, there's, you know, there's already only three guys who cover the team in Milwaukee anyway, and probably two of them aren't even there on those, on those, a lot of those road games. So I don't know, you can hide things a little bit better on the road. And now that they're back home, it looks like they're getting Middleton back for the Laker game tonight. And uh, let's hope so, because they need, uh, they need some offense for sure. Yeah, no, no question about it. And I think hopefully Mil- Milton won't have too many after effects from COVID. Um, the Lakers well, right now. It sounded like he could have played Sunday, but he didn't because of personal reasons, which, okay. And then, um, you know, that's happened in the past with him. That's fine. Um, again, they're not going to. But, like, on top of the, the Bucks missing at least two starters every game this year, uh, it seems like there's one guy, like a one-off random, like George Hill didn't play on Sunday. Like, where the fuck did that come from? Like, I got to watch Justin Robinson. I, I can't do it anymore. I yeah. can't do it anymore. I, I think Mitch. He's played enough. He's played more than enough. Well, maybe Frank Mason reunion, Mitch. What, what about that? Sure. I mean, that's fine. Same thing. I'll watch him a few games, but Jesus, I can't, I can't do this for – for 10 games, he's jacking up threes. He can't even barely hit a rim. Yeah. I mean, I think, first of all, I think with guys like that, I think you have to understand, all right, is this guy, can we develop this guy into something or is he just a 
as you say in baseball, a quad A guy. Is he just a quad A guy, a guy who will float between the G League and the NBA for his entire career? Now, some of those guys, you can get gems. Like Gary Payton II has become more than a quad A guy for Golden State. Now, that system, I think, propels guys like Gary to do well. So could you find another guard in the rough, could horse look and say, all right, Justin Robinson is that guy. Maybe there's somebody else available that could really help. Because, yeah, you're right. It's not going to be ideal to have injuries every sort of game and have guy out every sort of game. I think Bucks do need to look at it and say, all right, we need to start not every nick and cut. Everybody doesn't need to rest. Like we, we need to kind of start playing basketball. I understand maybe a month of kind of this being their quote unquote Packer Saints month essentially of like, all right, get that month back. And now it's time to go because this homestand, you could easily go five and oh, and all of a sudden you're 11 and eight and you're starting to push because the it's all in front of them. you have LA who, as I mentioned, is a mess right now. They just, Anthony Davis got ejected because he didn't want to be out there. I really think so. I watched that. I was like, I don't think Anthony Davis wanted to play anymore. He just decided he's out and was like, I quit. He's, I hate Anthony Davis. Someone's like, I saw Cheesehead TV, who they don't know better. They, you know, they're football people. Because Anthony Davis loves the Packers. They're like, oh, come to the box. I don't want Anthony fucking Davis. I will say that. No. I think he's a big pussy. And I look forward to Giannis just embarrassing him on uh, tomorrow, tonight. Then you have Oklahoma City. You have Orlando for two, Detroit. You go to Denver, who's beat up right now. They just have Jokic. They, I know we don't play well in Denver, but they just have Jokic. That's it. Uh, Michael Porter's out. Jamal Murray's obviously out. Um, they, they are kind of built on sticks. Indiana, House of Highlights, Hornets, Toronto, Miami. Cleveland's now out with Mobley. You have a couple with Miami. But this is a really good stretch oh. for the Bucs. Like you don't who's gonna guard you who's gonna guard Jokic if we don't have Lopez? Oh, I mean, yeah, that's an issue. But I mean, they <laughs> Mitch, they literally, I mean, their lineup last night was not anything to shake your dick at, is what I'm trying to tell you. Is like I get what you're saying, but Jokic could have 60 and they'll still they'll still lose. They're they're just not scoring right now. Like Jokic had 35 last night and they scored 101. Their starting lineup right now is Monte Morris, Austin Rivers, Jokic, Aaron Gordon, either Jermichael Green or Jeff Green. There's two Jay Greens, so it's either Jermichael or Jeff. Do you want to guess which one it was? Probably Jermichael. No, Jeff, actually. Wow. Yeah, and then that bench, you, you have you have uh, Jermichael, Bull Bull, Composite. Is Jeff Bull. Green the NBA's version of Matt Stairs, 414-799-1250? I mean, yeah, Jeff Green. I mean, how Jeff Played Green for everybody. Is, I mean, yeah, he's, he's a town bicycle. Everybody gets a ride. <laughs> Pretty much. Jeff Green has a body Pretty count much. that is uh, unmatched, you know, body count of a sorority girl who makes her way around the uh, around the uh, college football team. But you got to be careful there. It won't get canceled. He's played for like six different teams in the last six years. I mean, it's been on one-year deals for... I know, it's fucking nuts. So, yeah, I mean, the time is right for the Bucks to, like, really sort of put the pedal to the metal. Um, and I don't really... I'm You know, they have a good stretch here. And 
they should. And at some point, yeah, if they continue to kind of wade around in the water, we'll have to ask some questions. Um, but we're, we're not there yet. Um, we'll, we'll just have to see uh, when, when that time does come. I will enjoy the first time the Bucks play the Bulls and they can uh, kick, kick their ass because that will be, that'll be enjoyable. I'm ready for I it. I mean, they're, they're, they're scary. They're better than I thought, unfortunately. They are. They are. They're, we might have been wrong about the Bulls. Mike, our friend, Bulls fan, said three seed or bust, and we told him he was crazy. Might not have been. Yeah, that was that was after one game. I know, and he was right. Uh, also, too, what do you make? So of far, the, but what do you but make? They, of the they've, they've had they've conversely had everything go right. So, oh yeah, I mean, when's the when's the shoe gonna drop? At least temporarily. I mean, when Can when I, are they gonna get? Like, they feel like a team that. You know, if they lose like a Caruso for an extended period of time, that could be while he's like not the star player, like he's like such a glue guy that like that would be a huge loss. I mean, that's like losing Brooke Lopez. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, he's not he's not the he's not going to get any MVP votes. He's not going to make an all star team, but he's so important to, to what you do. And, you know, and Lonzo Ball is suddenly a great three point shooter. DeMar DeRozan's been awesome for them, which, you know, he's been a pretty good player the last couple of years. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's, it's great that they're good though. Like the Bucks and Bulls can finally be good at the same time. And I'm, I'm ready for the rivalry. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be it could luck. get, it could get, it could get, it could get heated at a, at a, at a Bucks and Bulls game. Oh yeah. Um, that'd, that'd I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get my way to the game on January 21st. Um, and that, Every game the Bulls win, that those prices go up. So, um, yeah, we will see. We'll see yeah, how I much know. I end up having to pay. I don't know, man. Is that that's in at in, in Chicago? In Pfizer. Oh, it's in Pfizer. Oh, okay. The Friday night. Friday night. All right. All right. Oh, that be would that be the week after I get back from work? Okay. Maybe. We'll see. I'll, also, really quick, like. The Wizards' success, like, does that dent – like, I'm not trying to be first take here. But doesn't it kind of dent LeBron's legacy a little bit? That, like, you had all these guys, and they're playing really well, and you couldn't figure it out with these dudes? Like, doesn't that kind of say something about, like, late-stage LeBron? Well, yeah. I mean, like, I saw a tweet from – what is his name? Anthony Irwin or something? Yeah. I'd have to go back and look for it. I forgot what it was. But it was more or less just complaining, you know, obviously extremely paraphrasing here, but it was more or less like, you know, how many, how many, we've made three big trades in the last three years because of LeBron and like, yeah. you know, they're not working. And it's like, I mean, they, they did, they, they won the, they won the Mickey Mouse title. Yeah. But, you know, they got, that's, I mean, I, if the Bucks won that championship, we would not want an asterisk, but my goodness. Yeah, yeah no, off. I mean, you got to get four months off and an AAU tournament for, for six weeks. Yeah, so. No, I mean, that's, that's fair. But yeah, I mean, that wizard, this Wizards roster, I mean, they are, I, I really like their roster. Tommy Shepard, their GM, has done a hell of a job. Deserves oh, a lot they're of super credit. deep. Yeah, they're super yeah. deep. I mean, have you found your favorite win of theirs, though? Oh, yeah. They're, I did see their schedule has been pretty light. A little, a little Warriors y. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I bet. I mean, we're Nets and uh, Golden State are playing right now, but I bet the Nets. 
And I feel I I was I had Twitter open and Wobe said, go check, go check Kevin Durant's likes. And Dieter Kurtenbach wrote an article about how they finally they finally figured out how to win without Durant. And Durant was liking tweets that basically, you know, were people calling him the uh, butthurt article. Y'all Warriors fans or something else. Warriors media sucks. God, you're so lame. This isn't bitter. This is another reason to spin a sensational headline. Gross. All Kevin Durant likes before the game. I feel fantastic about my bet. We'll see if it works. I would say their best win, besides the Bucs, of course, yeah. defending champions. Yep. Uh, Memphis? Ah, man, Memphis. Memphis. Check out Memphis's net rating right now. It's like 25th in the league. They're not playing well. Um, so they've played they've played the Hawks twice, the Raptors twice, the Celtics twice. Those teams are all middling yeah. mm-hmm. at this point. Lost to Brooklyn. At Cleveland, no lie, is a good win. Cleveland is legitimately frisky. That's how I oh, would yeah. describe Evan Mobley got hurt last night, but they are frisky. Um, we'll the see. Bucks, the Bucks will lose to Cleveland at least once this season. <laughs> yeah, that's yes. True. At least once, maybe maybe twice, maybe three times. They just this this next. I mean, this, Giannis but, up against Jared Allen and Evan Mobley is going to be tough. And unfortunately, not enough people watch enough NBA games to to sort of know that. And yeah, but you know, you and me do. But Giannis gonna, Giannis does baby Jared Allen though. He's put Jared yeah, Allen in the fucking okay. You know, every day is a new day. We'll see what Washington's about this next week, really, because you have a sandwich here of Charlotte, Miami, Miami, Charlotte. I don't think Charlotte's that great, but that I mean that's a tough stretch. See what see what Washington's all about. But yeah, to wrap up the show, um, since we just started doing NBA, it's fine. Um, I was really curious the story that came out yesterday about. The Mets still plan to pursue David Stearns next year, even after they get their GM. Now, I hired Billy Epler, uh, who was the Angels GM. He didn't last long. He hired Brad Ausmus, who's, by all accounts, a terrible manager. Um, did not have a good experience in Detroit, nor in Los Angeles. It'd be very funny if Brad Ausmus became the Mets manager. Um, and Epler takes <laughs> over. But they still have eyes on on David Stearns, apparently. Mitch, I ask you this, like, first of all, can the Mets fuck off? But second, how is this not tampered? How can Major League Baseball not say, like, hey, cut this shit out? Like, you can't be talking like this. Like, this guy's under contract. The Brewers told you no. Like, leave him alone. Until he's he's a free agent, quote-unquote, like, go after him then. I don't know. I mean, clearly there's not a rule. No. I mean, I don't know. I mean, look, um, it, it, for comparison's sake, like this feels a little bit like the Theo Epstein rumors about the Cubs. Like, I feel like those, I'd have to go back or ask our, our Chicago friend if that there were, I believe though, there was some real smoke around Theo Epstein like years ahead, like, oh, he'll go to the Cubs. And maybe that's just me remembering wrong, but 
yeah, I, I just don't understand, like, A, are we just convinced that David Stearns is going to, you know, run his home, his team that he cheered for just because he's a New York guy. He grew up there. I don't know. Isn't that, I mean, the pressure of New York compared to Milwaukee is astronomical. Now, granted, yeah. but, they, a, but they would look, they would look at it as um, a what's his nuts in, in LA or situation where perfect. I'm glad you, you know, you, you know, you're okay. You know, and you're right. The Mets, Mets are probably a little different situation from what the Dodgers had. I mean, I don't know, but the Mets have Steve Cohen now, right? But things have not exactly been great under his ownership either yet. So, um, you know, the Dodgers had ample resources for a guy who had built a great program with the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, God, I can't think of his name. And Andrew, me Freeman. Off. Andrew Freeman. Andrew Freeman. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they would look at it that way, that the, the Brewers have – you know, Stearns with the Brewers has, you know, had a, had a pretty quick turnaround and, and changing the culture, if you will, or kind of had a seamless, you know, transition to, to GM and to president of baseball operations ever since he basically day one come into the organization. And then he would have, you know, a lot more resources at his disposal. Now he'd be inheriting a $300 million Lindor contract, which he might not necessarily look at as, as a, <laughs> an economical, um, centerpiece of your of your roster, but um, you know you, I can imagine they can they can overcome it. Um, so they would look at it that way, and that's probably what they're what they're doing. I'm I'm sure that's who the fans want. Um, I don't blame them. Stearns has been really good w- for the Brewers, and um, you'd hate to see him go. But you know, at the end of the day, if the, the money talks and if he's, I, I guess that's, you know, unless the Brewers give him some sort of ownership stake or something, that's the only next move for Stearns, right? Up the ladder. But then, yeah. like, can can he technically be president of baseball operations? I guess you can, right? Like, isn't Jeter part owner of the Marlins? Right. Jeter is part so, owner. So that would be, that would be what he would be. That is the next. Right. The next, that's that's where- the, the, the top, the top of the ladder. Yeah, and I, I I look at it for Stearns. I guess if Stearns is looking at it and says, "All right, I am. I've done the rebuild. I've brought us to the apex. You know, can what's left? Like, what what is there? Did I to your point? Did did I peak? And it will Steve Cohen let me cook? I think the thing that Stearns would be worried about is Cohen seems more involved than even Mark Ananasio would be. And Cohen wants to like take over New York City. And yeah, he wants he's like to Mark, he's like Mark. He thinks he wants to be like Mark Cuban or something. Yeah, a little bit. Or like, you know what he the energy he has a lot of like Steve Ballmer, right? Yeah. Where like you're seeing him everywhere. He's on Twitter all the time. He it like it's just I know Ballmer's on Twitter, but you every game the Clippers are featured like Ballmer's going nuts on the sidelines. Like, come on, it's so loud. All right. And so that to me is like what Steve Cohen is trying to be like. And yeah, I don't know. I I think the. So I guess as a Brewer fan, you'd be worried like, are these consistent 
playoff failures working against you or yeah. do you think, do you think uh, Stearns is, well, does, does that make Stearns hungrier yeah. or does, do you just look at it like, man, I, you know, I, I've done all I can do here. You know, I'll leave them in decent hands. I, you know, they lost Matt Arnold, right? But no, um, Matt Arnold stayed. Oh, we he gave, stayed. That's right. Yeah. That's we right. gave Matt right. Arnold a deal. Um, they took care of Matt Arnold. Um, I think, I, I think you can look at this season and say, I could have Stearns probably looks at what Atlanta did and says, I could have done something similar. Like, and I know Atlanta just signed Manny Pino, which is interesting. And the Brewers are kind of just ready to depart, which I'm fine with. I mean, Manny was well, a pinhead. And they, did, they did a fucking uh, tribute video to Manny Pino on Instagram today. And I was just like, I know he was the longest tenured guy, but I mean, he's like a 190 career hitter. I, I, I mean, think that might more be- than that, but. That might be more for the players, honestly, who, who keep, I think keep an eye on that shit. I think it's more Manny was a clubhouse guy, and he'll be missed in oh, that regard. But they got Marco Feliciano, who I think they really like, and he was ready to go. He's kind of put up or shut up with him. They have Omar Nervaez. I think they feel pretty good about the catch position, and we'll, we'll sort of see. It wouldn't surprise me. They keep a Luke Molly on the team just in case, right? Says a quad A dude. But yeah, it's also crazy. And it's so baseball, man. Like NBA free agency, we know the day NBA free agency starts, right? We know the day NFL free agency starts. MLB free agency just kind of comes out of nowhere. It's like nobody lets it know. I know winter meetings are, I think, after Christmas, but it's like, how the fuck are you guys a fully functional unit? Like, why do you not have, like, a noted free agency date? All of a sudden, Eduardo Rodriguez is getting big money. All of a sudden, uh, Barrios today signs an extension. Like, you haven't even announced the Cy Young Award, which I think is tonight or tomorrow that they're announcing the Cy Young. Like, baseball is so fucked. I just, like... (laughs) I don't want them to have a lockout because I don't know what my dad will do with himself in, next summer. Like I have zero idea. They lock out. I don't know. Like I'm going to have to like set him. Like I'm going to have to get him a YouTube TV account so he can watch the golf channel. Like that's the only way I think I can save my dad because he's going to go nuts. And, but at some point it's like baseball has to get into the next century to not have a, a day where free, like it's, it should be obvious to baseball. I shouldn't need to guide baseball to this, this horse, but have the, the fucking free agency start right after winter meetings. So you can agree in principle, have sort of that just baseball drives me crazy, Mitch. It always I think they, they, they have like a, it's yeah, it's very slow moving, just much like the sport itself yeah. um, where they have like a five day, uh, not a moratorium, but like where they can, they can, players can only negotiate with their former teams. Right. So, you know, somebody who contract just expired, they can only negotiate with their teams for like five days, which that clearly must've ended because Eduardo Rodriguez played for the Red Sox the last few years. Now he's on the Tigers, which incidentally, then he has an opt out after two years. It's like the Tigers aren't going to want him in two years. He's he's clear. if, If that's a player option, I mean, they're stuck with that. I mean, can't be a player option, right? I don't know. Maybe I just 
don't think he's that good. No, yeah, no. It's I think it's I think it's a uh, it, it's, it's a, a player option. option. Yeah. Oh, it is. It's a player option. Oh, player option. So he'll be he'll be picking that up if that's a player option. I'm sure. Yeah. So, so November seventeenth today today is the deadline for free agents to either accept or reject their qualifying offers. Yeah. Players who accept their qualifying offer will sign a one-year $18.4 million deal and remain on contract with the team. Players who accept their qualifying offer cannot be traded until June 15th without their consent. Uh, Do you think, too, it's like like some of the beat writers and stuff maybe aren't as active on Twitter? Like, Oh, that's good. I don't, maybe I just don't. Maybe I just don't follow enough beat writers that are like. Yeah. I, I, but like, I mean, and the Brewers beat writers are obviously a special group that we've oh, covered yeah. ad nauseum on this podcast. Uh, they're on. They're on vacay. They're hanging out. Well, right, and like that's my thing is like, well, you know, it's a kind of a quick turnaround. Like, you know, here they are. Like, you know, they cover games, 162 games. They're at, you know, probably at least 100 of them. You know, throughout the summer, you know, they're on the road a lot. They, it is a grueling thing for for writers too it is and then you know then they got to turn around and it's like the day the day after the world series ends is like the five day um exclusive negotiating period or whatever you know so it's it kind of kicks in right away but yes you don't i guess free agency technically starts probably thursday or something i don't know so first of all uh so technically how it goes is, yeah, so there's a qualifying offer. Then there's the non-tender. The non-tender deadline is December 1st. Um, and then winter meetings is December 6th through the 9th. And that's where you have the big trades and the free agent signings, a ton of rumors that go on. Then there's the Rule 5 draft. and And so, yeah, that's kind of, Really, winter meetings is, I guess, the start of free agency, but you can sign guys before that because we've seen Pena, obviously, Noah Syndergaard today signed with the Angels and a low-cost move for the Angels. But at the same time, it's like, well, I don't know if that's the guy that's going to get you, you know, 90 wins and make sure and make you a playoff team to keep Shohei happy. And then, too, like, it's so bass-ackwards bass in baseball that it seems like the big studs sign late. Because yeah. teams are like, teams are like, well, fuck. 300, $350 million for Bryce Harper. Like, can we get that down at all? Like, <laughs> you know, like Boris sets the price and these teams are like, God, like, okay, we'll get back to you. And like a month goes by and Boris checks back in, like, uh, are we going to do this? And they're like, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, can we get you down a little bit? You know, it, it whereas like NFL and NBA, like it's usually – the big fish go first and then that the market sort of moves from there. Whereas like baseball, it's just, it's like, it's backwards. And so like the excitement doesn't, nobody cares about baseball free agency because of, because of that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like it's, the, the deadline, the trade deadline's fun in baseball. Yeah. But, oh yeah. No, that's, yeah, that's, that's very true. It's like the deadline for baseball is, is great. And it's probably the best like deadline that we have. I think, especially with the buyout market with the NBA, it's so confusing where it's like, Oh, this guy is traded to the Pelicans, but he's going to be bought out. And that's that. Um, then, mm-hmm. and then with, 
football. Oh, Andre Drummond's making thirty million dollars a year, but he's going to get bought out, and he's just going to go to the Lakers. Right. You know, Blake Griffin too, and Kemba Walker, and these fucking guys have like ninety million dollars on their contract yet, and they're probably giving back half of it. Right. Yeah, it's 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 all. That's another podcast. It's all bullshit, man. Um, but yeah, this they, I I enjoy bitching about baseball. I will forever do it. I'm sure the lockout is going to drive me absolutely nuts, um, and it's going to be it's going to be a real issue. We'll uh, we'll see though. Maybe maybe it won't be, uh, but we will uh, back next week. Maybe I don't know. We'll have to check schedules. Um, it is a big week for Green Bay playing the Rams. A Milwaukee game. I didn't realize it was a Milwaukee game. I, don't th- I think it's a little overrated with the Milwaukee crowds. But man, what a treat for the, the MKE residents. Yeah, that's going to be a, a nice one. Yeah. Brutal, though, if like in terms of like a schedule um, of like it's a 325 start it's after thing like it's the week after Thanksgiving. Like, I don't know. I would I would take that Monday off because that's just a lot. But whatever. Teach them. We'll see. Yep. All right. Take care, guys. Have yourself a great rest of the week. We'll be back tomorrow with a daily tap. See you later. Peace. Peace.